0: Yo, back again. Um, Pavy Lady Takes. Uh before we start, I want to say again, Pavers Volume 2 is dropping tonight. As I said, tonight at midnight. So make sure you guys check that out and go get that. Um, I'll put the link in the uh, description for you guys. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys go get that. Um But excuse me. Still tired. <laughs> but um today's topic, uh, I just you know I just woke up. I was kind of watching some of the stuff from yesterday when um, the Clippers introduced, uh you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And just thinking about how much of a league changing and also like franchise altering moment that is. And just thinking back on like the history of the Clippers and just like how this wouldn't be possible without those Lob City teams. Um, I don't know how old some, of you know, other people who listen to me are, but... If you're 10 years younger, like you probably actually remember the Clippers as always being a pretty decent team. That's not the memory I have of the Clippers. Like throughout my life, my early life, the Clippers were like terrible. Like when the Clippers made the playoffs, one, it was shocking, two, it was like, yeah, they're never gonna do anything. Like you never thought that the Clippers would ever be a contender. They, would, they, were, like, they were like the lions of the NBA. Like, you know, if you know about football, the Lions are like, yeah, they're just Detroit Lions. Like, the Lions are never going to do anything worthwhile, like, ever. Ever. You know, they're like the Lions of the, um, um, they were like the Lions of the, um, NBA. Like, they didn't really have a a culture and a history. I mean, you know, they, they, they had the Quentin Richardson-Darius Miles thing, but, which was a very cool, fun team. I actually remember that show, that team actually had a show on ESPN, too, I think called the, um, Association, but... They didn't really do anything significant. Like, yeah, they were cool. They had the little cool celebration, the Hoover head celebration, but they didn't do anything. Like, they didn't win many games. Like, I think though, if I'm, if I'm looking at the records of those teams, what they won, they won 15 games, then 31 games, then 39 games, which actually was decent. They almost made the playoffs. 39 games, then they went to 27 games, then 28 games, then 37 games. Like, they were never. You know, uh, a a really good team. Like I remember, it was a shock uh, when that oh five oh six Clippers team made the playoffs and lost. They actually won around round and lost in the West Conference fi- uh, semi Then back to the projects, ninth and twelfth and fourteenth and twelfth and thirteenth. And you also remember them having like draft picks that didn't work out. Like I remember uh, Michael Aloha candy you I remember Sean Livingston had the horrible injury, um, but I mean the injury kept that pick from working out for the Clippers um who else did they draft uh, i mean he, i mean even if you go back in time like they drafted danny manning he tears his acl and like never really recovers because that was like 92 when they trade danny manning for dominique and that was like dominique's little last who raw that was dominique after the achilles like you were talking about a uh, clippers team that never really had a history and then luckily in comes blake griffin and then after blake griffin in comes chris paul and that pretty much turned this entire franchise around like the moment chris paul stepped on the court for the clippers um it was just different you know like you you actually i remember you know um i remember um when he first stepped on the court and even talking about them as like a a a contender was just weird like literally it was weird it was like yo like the clippers are contenders right now like that's that's kind of weird like that's doesn't really make sense and they had benny del Negro for those two years and then dot comes and then when dot comes it's like yo they're legit like we think of this team as a as a legit threat like i remember you know in the early 2000s you were thinking the finals was gonna be like clippers heat you know or like clippers Bulls. like that's what people were thinking about and I just want to shine light on that team because I don't think you get to these moments without the foundation that Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, um, um, uh, DeAndre Jordan, and Doc Rivers laid. You know, um, I know they may never, you know, my 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 you know my co-host Thomas always says his things about CP3, but for me, I think what held the Clippers back more than anything was just injury. Like they always got somebody always got injured at the most inopportune time. Like I remember the Blazers series when. Chris Paul breaks his hand, and then Blake did something to himself and hurt himself again. Even the first round, I think, like Blake sprained his toe or some shit and couldn't play anymore. Um, then there was the uh, the three one year is really the only year where like I give them shit for when they lose when they lost a three one lead to the Rockets. I actually thought that that would have been the year that they could have got to the finals. Um, I thought that even though the Warriors won to rain that year, I thought that they were they won it prematurely. I don't think they were really ready to win it. I just think they just caught a wave at the right time. I think that the Clippers at that point in time still had their number um, to a certain extent. Um, I think the Clippers were, were, were more prepared to ascend. Um, and if things play out in the finals the same way, as in, you know, uh, the the Cavs get hurt, I really think the Clippers could have got a ring that year. Um, but even that year, I mean, Chris Paul pulls his hamstring. I mean, he, you know, hit the game winner um, uh, where the series went actually against the Spurs, which actually, if you think about it, it's probably the biggest shot in Clippers franchise history actually. It's probably the biggest moment in Clippers. Aside from literally yesterday when they introduced Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George, that was probably the biggest moment in Clippers franchise history was Paul was Chris Paul limping and hitting that shot um on the Spurs and sending the at the, at the time the um, defending champion Spurs home in the um, first round um but they always just faced injuries at the most inopportune times but still it made the clippers cool like you know i pretty much i moved to la in 2014 right so, so i pretty much moved right in the middle of that era right even though the lakers were terrible kobe was still playing so if you want to see a basketball game like lakers tickets were always extremely expensive they were at least just making money off kobe's last years because they knew people wanted to see kobe before he uh, finally retired right so they were always expensive Clippers tickets were always decent price. Like you could sit I remember going to Clippers games by myself. Like I think the first Clippers games I went to, uh I went to was in January of I think 2015. It was Clippers Pistons actually. It was like one of the last games Josh Smith played in the Pistons uniform and the Clippers I think won by like 40 points. <laughs> but um I paid $80 for some tickets and I had great seats. I had hundred level seats. But that's what you got with Clippers games. Like I felt they uh, they appealed more to like LA because you could actually realistically go see them and take your family to those games because they were just cheaper tickets. And it was still good basketball. Like, they were the better basketball team anyway. So, and again, they had Blake Griffin, they had Chris Paul, they had DeAndre Jordan. The games were fun. They threw lobs everywhere. Like, it was an event. And also, Clippers games, I feel like, are a better show than Lakers games. Lakers, obviously, it's the fucking Lakers. And, like, the lore is just better because, like, you know, you got the yellow on the floor, the lights a little bit dimmer. Like, it's the Lakers. Um, Showtime, all of that, like it's still remnants of that in you know the games that the Lakers produce today. But as far as like being a show and being a family fun event, you know how I always talk about like the Sparks throw a great show. I think the Clippers as well throw a great show. Um, so the games are always very fun to go to. But again, all that started with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, um, DeAndre Jordan, Doc Rivers, and you and you can't forget Steve Ballmer because Donald Sterling was what held this franchise back for so long. And even the way, you know, the Clippers handled the Donald Sterling situation, I thought was the classiest thing ever. Um, they made a they 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 made a correct statement. Um How do I wanna say this? They got their point across, right? Like they, you know, you they took the jerseys, they took the warm ups off and just had like regular, you know, red tees on and just threw them on the court. It was actually against the Warriors crazy enough, but they threw them on the court. Like they handled they handled that situation probably as best as anybody can handle that you know that um situation with your owner coming out and saying those things and you putting on that jersey every night they handled that situation probably as best as anybody could the nba took action banned them for life um steve Ballmer comes in who's probably i think the most down-to-earth energetic owner probably that that we have in the league you know like um uh, one thing i always say is that you know, people put all like the emphasis and onus on players and say, "Oh, he didn't win a ring. He didn't win a ring, so he's nothing. He's you know, he's not that guy. He's a choke." But people don't understand basketball as a business, and not every franchise is really trying to win a ring. Like some franchises, yeah, they want to win, but at a certain cost. Like they aren't gonna break the bank to win a ring. Like, you know, the thing that makes the Warriors so great and Bob Myers so great and Joe Lagop and those guys is they'll break the bank to win a ring. Like, they will go as far in a luxury tax as they need to to win a ring. I think, really, on most years, the only teams I really want to win are, like, the Lakers. Like, I think they'll break the bank to win um, uh, whatever team LeBron is on um, and maybe, like, two other teams who really think they have a shot. Like, Milwaukee right now seems really pretty much willing to break the bank to win. Like, they gave fucking Chris Middleton damn the 200 million dollars now yes broad was let go but you can maneuver around that Giannis is still on that big deal they're doing they're spending as much money as you possibly can in Milwaukee to win a ring right and Steve Ballmer seems like he wants to do that I don't think Donald Sterling ever wanted to win he just went to own the franchise like even if you look at it you know mean? You know Gilbert talks about it on the show all the time like like the clips were basically a farm system You come in, you get drafted there, you play for four years, and then they would either trade you away or, like, not sign you back. you leave in free agency, and you just keep going over and over and over and over again. Like, that was the culture of the Clippers. Like, they didn't even have their own practice facility until, like, 2010. They were practicing at fucking a community college bro That's an nba team practicing at a community college not even having their own facilities so if you just look at the transition that this franchise has made over the last 10 years it's been truly 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 incredible to watch and i think live city laid the foundation for that man like um and i hope that that doesn't get lost um all of those guys deserve to have their jersey retired they will have their jerseys um retired and even though you know they didn't they didn't you know get the ultimate goal of winning a championship I think they brought something um, uh, just as important as a, as 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 a, as a championship to the Clippers, and that's just culture, culture and and winning. Like, and if you look at it, they were a fifty-win team with one, two, three, four, five years in a row. I mean, if you think about it, it's crazy to think about. But of the 2010s, the Clippers have been one of the more successful basketball teams. Like, they've been a pretty much a consistent fifty-win team. The only years they didn't win 50 in the um, 2010s were 2010 2011 that's when chris paul wasn't here the next year was a lockout season so they only played 66 games but they had a 60 percent winning percentage that year so you can assume if it's a full 82 game season they win 50 games then you have then it's 56 57 56 53 51 you trade chris paul and it's 42 but that was a season where everybody was hurt. It was a completely injury riddled team. They were kind of like in transition, and then and then last year with no stars, you went forty Cause they've been one of the more successful uh, basketball teams of this decade. And again, I think that all goes back to the to the to the acquisition of Chris Paul. Like no matter what you think about Chris Paul, Chris Paul has been, um, Chris Paul has been um, the most important player to this Clippers friend the most important figure honestly to this Clippers franchise um so far in its like history of existence he's been the most important figure him I would say Steve Ballmer no him I would say Blake after that then I would say uh Steve Ballmer and then Doc probably probably I would say if I had to go like most important Clippers ever um but yeah, I I I, I just wanna do this podcast because man, I, I just think it's something that that, that that needs to be spoken on. And I hope that, you know, for one, the Clippers gave me my first chance, like our first chance to cover games. Um, whether we cover games this year or not, hope we do. But, you know, whether it happens for us or not, like they gave us our first chance. They took a chance on, you know, two young guys. Um, the guy look, man, like I asked KD a question on TV. That would've never happened without that organization. Uh, so they've been a very classy organization, but, and all of the great things that I think that they'll do in the future, I just don't want anybody to forget where it came from and how we got to this point. Um, um, all, like I said, all those guys are going to have a jersey retired DeAndre. I think Doc needs to have something retired as a coach, like a banner up there in the stadium. Blake will have his, DJ will have his, um, And yeah, man, like, I just, you know, just, I just wanted to say that, man, we all got to respect Lob City and, um, especially after, you know, yesterday being, I mean, quite possibly like the biggest day in Clippers history. Um, I don't want you guys to forget where it came from. And again, I think the Clippers just speak more towards like the culture again. Um, and I hope that doesn't change with this new era. Um, obviously... You know, tickets are going to go up, obviously, because you have Kawhi and Paul George there. But, you know, I, I just hope that them being for the culture doesn't change. Like, you know, Lakers games, not everybody can go to a Lakers game. Going to a Lakers game is like an event, you know, because, like, they ca- they just cost so much money to go to. Like, you just can't go to them. Like, the casual basketball, well, like, the the basketball fan just can't go to a, Clippers, like, a, a Lakers game. Like, you can, but it's so much money, bro. Whereas Clippers games, like, I feel like they're more inviting for like the basketball fan. Like if you really want to just take, you know, your young son twice a month to a Clippers game and put him on a game of basketball, you can do that. Cause the tickets are like sixty dollars. It's maybe like one twenty for two people. So that's different from Lakers games when even the bad games are a hundred dollars for three hundred level because LeBron is there. Even when LeBron wasn't there, it was still like a hundred eighty for two hundred level seats. Um, so I hope that doesn't change and even when the, uh, with them getting that, that, you know, that, like, new stadium um, that's coming in um, Inglewood, like, I think you're really going to see a separation in the um, city. Like, Inglewood is nowhere near downtown, like, at all. It's going to be like a Cubs-Sox type situation uh, where you're going to have people who are in that area and, you know, are in that community. And also with the way that Inglewood is coming up, like, they're going to go to Clippers games and, like, that's going to be their team. And the Lakers are going to be downtown and, like, you know, you're going to rock with the Lakers if you're, like, on that side of town or um whatever, but... I think the clippers are headed for great things it's 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 amazing the turnaround that that this franchise has made over the past decade i don't like if you'd have told me this 15 years ago i probably would have laughed at you literally i would have laughed at you like get the fuck out of here like the clippers like i mean that was that was probably a team i would use on 2k and try to rebuild um because that's just how uh desolate this franchise was when i was coming up and to see them have the success that they've had and to see them uh, sit in the position that they sit in now. Um, it's crazy. And um, I wish nothing but great things for them. And like I said, lastly, shout out Live City, man. Like, I hope that Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, all those guys know when they go to sleep at night that they're responsible for this. Like, we wouldn't be here without them. So, um, yeah, shout out the Clippers. Shout out Live City. Make sure y'all go listen to Paver's Volume 2. And, um, it's been Paddy's